0: Hi, everyone. Welcome into episode number 46 of the Building Up Podcast. I'm David McConnell, the lead pastor at Agape Church in Pinson. As always, so thankful that you guys are with us today. I, I try to say almost every week on the podcast that we want to hear from you. So if you have a Bible verse or a topic that you're interested in us covering, to please send it in. And we have a member of our church this week who's done exactly that. They've sent us some questions that surround tempting thoughts. So let me kind of summarize the questions this way, two parts. Number one, where do tempting thoughts come from? What's their origin? And number two, is a tempting thought in and of itself sin? I think these are tremendous questions. I can remember certain times in my life, especially when I was younger, feeling almost tortured by these thoughts that would come in my mind related to sin or doing something that was wrong. These were not thoughts that I welcomed. Often they were thoughts that I did not follow through on. But their very presence in my mind led me to feel condemnation, great guilt. And so I think it's very important for us to understand Uh, where temptation is coming from, and whether or not temptation itself is sinful and something that we should feel condemned about. So to begin today, I want us to go to James chapter 1. This is going to really be our primary passage we're going to look at today. But we're going to look from James 1 in verses 14 and 15. And there James writes, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So James is writing and he says that temptation comes by one's own desire. Now. That word desire means something specific. It's talking about irregular desires or impure desires. We see this same word translated other places in the New Testament as lust. It's used in 1 John chapter 2, verses 16-18, where it talks about these impure desires or these lusts being from our flesh our eyes and our mind and belonging to the fallen world that is opposed to the will of god so the type of desires that james is talking about are impure desires that are opposed to god opposed to his will opposed to his word and that belong to the world not to the kingdom of heaven and james says each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by these corrupted desires. So no one is, uh, no one is immune to this. Everyone feels this temptation. Now we may feel temptation for different things. Certainly, some people struggle with certain sins more than others. Uh, but all of us suffer temptation, and James says it comes from this corrupted nature. And the picture of the Bible is that this corrupted nature comes from the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve, our first father and mother, sinned and rebelled against God, and every person born since that time have been born into this corrupted nature that desires that which is impure. Uh, We're tempted by that which is impure. Or as James puts it, lured and enticed, which gives you the picture of someone baiting a hook like they're going to catch a fish. And that's kind of the picture of what temptation is in the Bible. It is something that is being used to try and lure you in or catch you and entrap you. And ultimately, this idea of this corrupted nature that is really working against our spirit man to try to lead us into impurity, uh, this shows us why the greatest need that we have is to be born again. What the Bible calls salvation, in which. By grace, through faith in Jesus and His work on the cross and His resurrection, we are transformed and we are given a new spirit, the Spirit of God in us, that allows us to overcome and overwhelm that sinful nature that is continually enticing and luring us into that which is wrong. The only hope we have to ultimately overcome temptation is in Jesus, and his salvation so big source of tempting thoughts is our own corrupted flesh but it's not the only source of tempting thoughts we also see the Bible showing us a picture of Satan and his kingdom the enemy of God the original rebel who led and tempted Adam and Eve into rebelling against God in the garden. And we can see throughout the Bible that Satan in his kingdom, uh, his workers called demons are still at work in the world, and they're still trying to lure and trap people into evil. In the New Testament, when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the church, ultimately lying to the Holy Spirit, in Acts 5, Peter said to them, uh, kind of as a commentary on what had happened to them that Satan had filled their heart to lie. So this is one of a couple of places in the New Testament where we see mentioned directly someone being tempted by Satan or one of his kingdom. Peter would also write to the church in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, telling the church that Satan is like a roaring lion who prowls around seeking someone to devour. So certainly Satan desires to see us fall into sin. He is the father of lies. He is uh, the the uh, enemy of God who wants to see God's glory corrupted and those made in the image of God corrupted. And so Satan has worked from the very beginning of uh, what we know is human history, to ensure that that happens. So Satan has this limited authority on the earth in this life, and he uses that authority to work for our destruction. So yes, some of our temptations come from Satan himself, maybe directly or indirectly. The Bible shows that he may be influencing us, tempting us to sin finally the bible also shows the world around us as a source of temptation the world that we live in the human culture that is overcome by evil and that is filled with opportunities for us to be allured into sin and so we know from experience that our hearts and our minds can easily be swept up into the culture to the behaviors the actions the pattern of life from the culture that we live in that pulls us or distracts us from obedience to God and perhaps into rebellion. So temptation comes from all of these sources. We actually see all three of them mentioned together in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking to them about their salvation, and he says that before Christ they were dead in their sins. And then he describes that being dead in their sins this way that they followed the course of the world the prince of the power of the air and the passions of their flesh so we see there the description of three different pathways into sin Uh, the course of the world, the culture around us, the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan and his kingdom, and the passions of the flesh, those impure desires. So all three of these are sources of temptation for us. Now, the second question is so vitally important. Are these temptations, are these tempting thoughts that come from these different sources, are they actually sin? So I want to go back to the passage from James 1 one more time, verses 14 and 15. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, those corrupted desires. Then, verse 15, desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. So there, in verse 15 of James 1, we see that James differentiates between these corrupted desires, these tempting thoughts or temptations and the pull on us to sin and sin itself. They're presented as two different things according to James. So I believe that what we see is that James is teaching that these irregular desires, these impure desires, are not the same thing as sin. In other words, the temptation to do what is wrong is not the same thing as actually doing what is wrong. And one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible is Jesus himself. The Gospels tell us Jesus was tempted. He suffered temptation just as you and I do. But the Bible also says Jesus was without sin, which means that temptation and sin are not equal. Because Jesus was tempted, yet he never sinned, therefore temptation and sin are not the same things. So I do think that uh, tempting thoughts, uh, excuse me, I do not think tempting thoughts constitutes sin. I think it's what we do with those thoughts that can ultimately lead us to sin. Some of the questions that we should ask ourselves is what do we do when tempting thoughts come into our mind? Do we reject them? Or do we yield to them? Do we resist them? Or do we follow through on them? Do we try and move away from that thought and battle it and resist it and fight it? Maybe with the Word of God, with prayer, or with getting counsel from another believer? Or do we kind of let that thought linger? Do we play with it a little bit? Do we um, let it run through our mind and uh, calls us to kind of go down the road of further thoughts. And when we do that, that's when we begin to fall into sin. And that sin can happen in our mind and in our hearts. It may not necessarily lead to an action. We, begin, we can begin to sin in our minds when we take that thought that's come into our minds and begin to really embrace it and let it yield fruit in our lives. What we want to do is, is resist and reject and run from those tempting thoughts. I think many Christians feel guilty over the wrong thing. Uh, Guilt, in in a sense, is not bad if you're under godly guilt, what's called conviction, because it'll lead you to repentance. But worldly or satanic guilt is condemnation, and it is not healthy at all. And I think many Christians feel guilty over temptations or tempting thoughts that come into our mind, yet they actually address them in a very godly way. And when they do, when they resist and battle these temptations, they are fighting the fight of faith. They are resisting the enemy. They are trying to put to death the flesh, which is exactly what Scripture has called them to do, and they have no reason to feel condemned because this is God's will for them when they face temptation. Now what we did not have a chance to get to is what responsibility we have to actually try to battle against temptation either before it gets to us or when it gets to us. Like how do we actually go about resisting and fighting and battling that temptation both in a proactive and a reactive way And that is what we're going to try and cover on the next episode of the podcast. So I hope you will tune in then. Until then, church, if you have found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with someone else. We'd love for you to do that. And if you do have a question, if you'd like to submit one for a future episode of the podcast, in just a moment you're going to hear an email. I'm not sure why I always do that when I say in just a moment. not quite sure. But anyway, I point uh, to my right, I guess, to signify that that's where the outro is going to come from. So when you hear the outro, you're going to hear an email address, and you can use that email address to let us know what type of questions or verses you would like for us to cover on a future episode. Until then, church, let's keep relying on Jesus together. Grace and peace to your family. Thank you for listening to the building up podcast if you have a question about today's episode or if you would like to suggest a topic for the future please email us at building at agapepenson.com to subscribe to this podcast simply search for building up from agape church in your favorite podcast app or you can watch the video format by visiting us online at agapepenson.com